Hi, welcome to another episode of Paul Don Power, Power System Design's podcast on the latest in power and power design. I'm your host, Alex Paul, and today I've got Alan Grau with Icon, um, because one of the things about uh, functionality is it's not very functional if somebody can hack it. Right, Alan? Welcome to the show. Thanks, Alex. And yeah, that's absolutely true. And one of the things we were just chatting about is how people are really, you know, finding exciting new technologies, rushing devices out to market and getting them out there and then suddenly realizing that they've forgotten about security. And so it's really an important and overlooked um, topic. Well, you know, as an ex-electronic worrier myself, you think about it's more than just, you know, being monitored or there's a lot of that goes way beyond just, you know, being found out or being observed by someone else. There are a lot of bad things people can do to your system as well. Oh, no, that's absolutely true. And one of the things that we've just announced is our Internet of Secure Things initiative. And with that, a framework for security for these devices that looks at the whole problem end to end. Because, you know, having a secure security at one layer in the system, you know, might be solve a specific problem. But you really have to look at the full end to end problem. Right. Now, I mean, does it mean that eventually uh, my refrigerator is going to have a firewall? It should, <laughs> in my opinion. And the reality is that it, you know people can attack those devices. It has if it has an IP address, somebody will find it. Somebody will will probe it. And if it has weaknesses, somebody's going to hack it sooner or later. And you know the scary thing is you look at refrigerators. You know isn't oh they can hack my refrigerator and steal my grocery list, but it's what can they do once they've they've attacked it. And we've seen examples with you know things like home gateways and Wi-Fi routers where there were vulnerabilities, hackers were able to get in, gain access, and take over the device, and then use it to launch other attacks, you know, to see what else is going on in the network, to sniff packets, you know, to do all sorts of other things that once they're in and they have that foothold, you know, then then is when they really start to do something. Well, you know, and that makes a lot of sense, Alan, because I could put all kinds of security on everything, and then I buy a smart refrigerator, I hook it up to my home network, forget about it, and then boom, someone's got now a terminal access to my network. Yeah, that's exactly the scenario. That's interesting. Now, um, what are some of the other spaces you're seeing some growth in? Like, where do you? I'm imagining that there are some spaces that you get a lot of resonance, and some spaces you're having an uphill battle. What are the places that are easily accepting it, and what are some of the places that aren't? So, one area that we've seen a lot of traction in the last uh, six, twelve months is in industrial control and uh, systems. You know, the large industrial control manufacturers are really starting to pay attention to security and starting their security initiatives. So that's probably the biggest area that we've seen a change in, in in recently. And our belief is that once the tier one manufacturers start to make security a priority, that it'll trickle down to the rest of the industry because it'll no longer be an optional item, but something that everybody has to have. Right, right. Well, and that makes all the sense in the world there. And actually, it's, you can even consider it a power issue because obviously, if it's a, a driven device in your network and it is unsecure, someone could actually do malignant things to your power management even. You can me- they can mess with your heating system, mess with your turn your refrigerator off, for example. I mean, it's a lot of a lot of malicious stuff you can do once you're into somebody's household network. Oh yeah, absolutely true. And you know, when you talk about on the household network, you know, and if they can impact the information going back to the power grid, you know, that certainly can have an impact. But then when you take that into the manufacturing setting or into the smart grid itself, then you just you know amplified that problem exponentially. So 
or even a microgrid. Let's say, for example, you're a university campus and you don't think about it, and because of the smart notepads and, and you know in the hallways in the dorms or something, now you've got a big security issue there. Oh no, absolutely, and I think that that's one of the areas that we really need to pay attention to. Right? Some of the, you know, if you look at historically, the most sensitive, most secure, um, or most vulnerable targets, people were paying a lot of attention to security at those areas, but making sure that that trickles down to you know, things like a microgrid that you know, doesn't, it's not a tier one target, but that doesn't mean that it can be ignored. Right, right. And, and I mean, and even forgetting about individual, you know, mischief, as you were pointing out, someone could literally turn your TV into a bot for denial of service attacks. It's web connected, you know, <laughs> why not? Yeah, no, and, you know, there's evidence that, that has already happened, you know, that, um, you know, there was a bot that infected some home refrigerators, some smart refrigerators. And so, yes, I mean, that's, that is something that we've, we've seen already. Really? That's very interesting. I mean, you know, the, you throw something like that out as a, as a conjecture, and then you're like, yeah, no, no, people have been <laughs> hacking refrigerators yeah. already. Yeah, no, there was an article, I don't know, maybe a year ago, nine months ago, I think perhaps Symantec found a bot, and were able to you know, basically trace back all the infected elements in the bot, and there were some smart TVs and smart refrigerators, you know, according to their, their report that had been infected. Well, you know, and that makes a lot of sense, too, because a lot of people forget that, because let's say, for example, I've got, you know, a nice home theater system, I've got my Blu-ray, I've got, a, you know, say an Xbox, right. so there I've got my Netflix, I've got my HBO Go, I've got all this stuff, but the TV itself has got a computer in it nowadays as well. You know, you can, you might hang it on your wall and forget there's even a TV in there. I mean, a computer in that TV. Oh, no, absolutely. And the other thing is when these things are installed, a lot of times there's some configuration to set up passwords, and if that's not taken care of initially, then you end up with devices out there with a default password. And um, actually, just there's an article that came out, I just saw anyway, a couple of days ago. There's a website somewhere in Russia that basically streams video cameras from all the secure, insecure uh, video cameras that it's found around the world. And it's got thousands and thousands of video cameras that are set up with their default passwords that you can go on there, search for, and, and find and see what's going on in you know homes, stores, businesses around the world. Well, and, and that makes a lot of sense, too, because um, you don't think about how many security holes exist, especially in a modern electronic environment. They're everywhere. Yeah, no, that's very true. And that's, you know, part of our message is that you really need to start from day one when you're building a product, thinking about security and, you know, not just saying, hey, we've got to secure RTOS, you know, that the operating system layer is secure, because while that's critical, if you don't have that, you're not going to have a secure product. 70% of the attacks are against the application layer. So what are you going to do end-to-end to secure your product? And really, that's where we can come in and help companies out. There you go. And, and what kind of uh, support do you give people? I mean, imagine there'd be a bit of hand-holding involved in this. Well, we work with OEMs, so we're helping the OEMs build a product that has security. So, yeah, it's very much of a consultative process where we'll come in, help them understand what our capabilities are, where it fits, and then you know engage with their engineering team to help mm-hmm. roll our technology into their products. Very cool. So how do people find out more? What's your website? It's www.iconlabs.com. So it's I-C-O-N-L-A-B-S.com. Well, hey, Alan, thank you so much, especially at a busy trade show like this. I'm really glad you took a little bit of time to chat with us. Thanks, Alex. It was great to see you again. Oh, always nice seeing you, my friend. And thank you all out there in the audience for taking the time to be with us. We wouldn't be here without you. Tell your friends. This is Alex Paul for Paul on Power. Have a great day. Thank you.